You're listening to a North Valley Church podcast. Thanks so much for joining. For more information and resources, you can visit us online at northvalley.org. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. You can grab a seat. My name's Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor, founding pastor of the church. So glad you decided to spend Christmas Eve with us. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Um, you might have received one of these as you sat down or saw it on the seat right there. If you'll grab that, uh, kids, you definitely want to look at that. It says, Upcoming Events at North Valley. Well, uh, tomorrow, uh, Christmas Day, is actually what we're calling uh, Sleep-In Sunday. And so while we're not going to be meeting on campus, we will have an online uh, church service for you, at least a devotional uh, for you and your family tomorrow morning. So, and there's a special announcement for the kids and the fun stuff that's happening in the new year. And then I want to encourage you as well, just take a look at this, uh, mom and dad and, and you kids, and make sure before you leave here, you put that in your pocket uh, and take it home with you. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you in the new year. If you're new with us and you'd like to let us know you're here, there's a connect card in the chair in front of you. You can fill that out. And then before you leave, go over to the connection corner and we have a gift for you. I'd love to send you home with a gift and say, thanks for being here. Um, last but not least, I want to share with you again an update. Um, for 2022, we got to do a lot of really cool stuff uh, as a church. Um, through our hope offering and through local and uh, global uh, missions and stuff like that. So um, I just want to say, uh, rattle through some things that are on the top of my head that I was so proud of to see our church do. Every year we're able to do more and more uh, local and global outreach stuff. Uh, we built a, a home in Mexico. Uh, we helped uh, the Navajo Nation just talk to Pastor Leroy uh, yesterday. Uh, we've created a lot of great relationships. Danny, who's leading worship for us, is a primetime example. He's from Mexico, part of the mission organization we're working with, and he's done a great job so far, hasn't he? He's really cool. It's pretty neat to see that the mission organizations you're working with, you're sharing uh, teams and you're working together. So we got an incredible relationship uh, down there in Mexico. We were able to provide a lot of funding and relief for Pastor Gigel in his efforts in Romania to provide uh, relief for the refugees in Romania. He would literally load up his bus, drive to the border, pick up women and children that while the men were back fighting the war, he would pick them up and loaded up his church and uh, uh, their team served them, and your financial giving made a big difference uh, with them and their church. As well, our partners in Poland, they did the same thing. They canceled the seminary, and they opened up their facilities and brought in refugees in North Valley, helped fund uh, many of the efforts there. Uh, as well, we were able to send a couple uh, with financial support every month to Scotland, and they're going to be starting a church. As well, we were able to help continue to financially fund and support uh, a local church plant, Mission Grove, and Christ Culture Church down in Gilbert. Um, we've been able to do a lot, so uh, can we celebrate together? God's been good. Uh, all together in 2022 is about a hundred plus thousand dollars. So uh, you guys did a great job. My wife and I give above and beyond towards the Hope Offering. We also provide uh, scholarships for kids uh, that are going to camp. We were able to do that. 
And so I want to encourage you, if you want to give tonight, uh, there's giving boxes in the back. You can do that. Uh, no pressure, but 100% of what happens in our Christmas services and our Easter services go towards local and global outreach. So thank you for that consideration, and thank you for all of you who've done that. If you'd like to wait a little while, it goes through January 15th, you can do that as well. Um, now is the opportunity where we're going to get into the storyline of what is Christmas all about. And uh, over the last uh, several services, we've had students come up and do the reading. So please welcome to the stage Olivia Juanenta, one of our students in our ministry. Hi, everyone. Merry Christmas. Well, Christmas Eve, but Merry Christmas. Um, so I'll be reading in Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 21. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them. And they were filled with the great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You will find, um, and <laughs> sorry, swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, and, it ha and as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. All right. Well, that story is a part of history, and history is really his story, amen? It's really his story. All of the timeline in world history is divided by the birth of Jesus Christ, the time before the birth of Christ or the time after. And so uh, there's four different observations from that text. Luke is a historian. He's documented. He's being financially funded by a gentleman by the name of Theophilus to give an orderly account of the details of the birth of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like a little bit of a historical uh, 
preaching message for you today to really grasp four different things. The story of Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, is about real people. It's about real places. It's about real prophecies. And it's about really, really good news. Let's line these out so that you can hold these in your mind. Real people, real places, real prophecies, and real good news. Amen? So let's walk through that. There is Caesar Augustus in verse 1. It says that in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Caesar is the emperor of Rome. How many of you have ever studied um, uh, Roman history or fascinated with that time frame? And incredible. Uh, Caesar Augustus, that's not his name. His name isn't Caesar. Um, uh, it's not like, uh, how many of you, you eat little Caesars? Caesar, Caesar. <laughs> that's what I think of when I hear Caesar. Caesar's just a title, and Augustus is a title. That's not his name. His real name was Octavius. Um, he was adopted by Julius Caesar. Uh, he is known for his organizational genius. Literally, under his power, he comes into power after a hundred years of civil war within the Roman Empire, and then he comes into power, and there's 40 years of peace. And, and it's so magnificent that people started calling him savior of the world. In fact, there was currencies with his image stamped on it saying savior of the world. It's very interesting to me that Luke captures that because we know truly he's not truly the savior of the world. Jesus is, amen? And so the story of Christmas is about real people. There's Joseph and Mary. Joseph is a carpenter. I've got buddies that are carpenters. They work with their hands. We got a carpenter in our church, a craftsman is what I would call him. He built my bookshelf in my office. If you haven't seen a picture of it or seen it in person, it's incredible. Joseph was an incredible carpenter. He's an ordinary man. He's a strong man. He's a godly man is what the scripture tells us. He falls in love with a sweet young girl named Mary. She's probably 14, 15 years old. She's not 20-something. She's very, very young. She becomes the mother of Jesus. She's a virgin. She's known to be called a servant of the Lord. She's humble. She's godly. She really knows the scriptures. The story of Christmas is about real people. Then there's Jesus. Really, that's what Christmas is all about, worshiping Jesus. My aim and intention is that you worship Jesus more in your life. Jesus is said in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, that he's the firstborn. Did you know that Jesus actually had brothers and sisters? He's the firstborn in the family. How many of you kids are the firstborn in the family? You're the first. How many of you adults are the firstborn of your siblings? Raise your hand. There's an honor to that. There is a pecking order, and definitely with Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus being your big brother? It's like who, you get in a fight, and then uh, who, what happened? What went wrong? Jesus, what'd you do? Jesus always did everything right. He always did everything right. He was completely sinless. He is human, but he's, he's God. Uh, he is the Davidic king. Uh, he is the, in line. Uh, he was uh, the firstborn son, making him the rightful king for the nation of Israel. Uh, the story of Christmas is about real people. It's about real places. You read about in the text that we just read was uh, you have Nazareth and Bethlehem. 
Nazareth is a border town. It's a small little village. It's an agricultural, insignificant little area. Jesus' mother came from there. This is where Jesus grew up. This is one of the disciples of Jesus said, can anything good come from Nazareth? It was a place you didn't want to go. Some of you have been to those border towns in southern Arizona or Texas, and you just want to get through there. You don't want to stop. You don't want to stay. That was Nazareth. But then there's Bethlehem, real people, real places. It's the birthplace of King David. There's a historical significance to it. How many of you have ever been to Israel before? Raise your hand. When there are a couple right there in our, you know, over the last few services, there's several people that have been. Bethlehem is a real place. It's not a mythical story. This is a historical event called the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, Bethlehem was prophesied that the Messiah would be born there some 700 years before this ever happened. It's uh, 90 miles from Nazareth. It's uh, five miles south of Jerusalem, and it's 7,451 miles from Sky Harbor International Airport. You could get on a plane and get there in about 16 to 20 hours. Real people, real places, real people, they're shepherds in the story. We're going to see in, a, in a, just a little bit a, a video of the storyline of the shepherds. And they were in that region. There were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and made the announcement. These shepherds worked in the outdoors. They rain or shine, cold or hot. They were tough people. But they were oftentimes the outcasts, the outsiders. And then you have angels. They are not people, but they are creatures. They show up in the storyline. These are ministers and messengers of God's, uh, uh, to God's people. Likely, uh, Gabriel is there to make uh, this uh, incredible announcement along with uh, a multitude of other angels praising God. There's prophecies as well. Real prophecies. This book is loaded with prophecies. These are predictions, promises, plans to God's people about the future. This book is not just a historical book. It's a book about the future too. If you were to go to a library and ask the librarian for a book or maybe many books about prophecies, they would hand you a lot throughout world history, a lot of different books about world history. But if you said to the librarian, could you give me the book that has prophecies that have actually been fulfilled? That librarian would pull all of the books back and say, well, there is one. And the librarian would hold forth the Bible. The Bible is loaded with predictions and promises concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. Micah 5.2 tells us the exact location, location, location about the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's look at Micah 5.2. It says, But you, O Bethlehem, Epaphrathath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth to meet for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. What is that saying? It's saying that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would be born in Bethlehem. It's saying that he would be a ruler from eternity past, an everlasting ruler. He is to be the one that was prophesied about all the details of the life of Jesus Christ. There's prophecies helping fulfill those, the birth of Jesus Christ. There's prophecies 
And then the prophet Isaiah says something too about this supernatural event, the birth of Jesus Christ. Before this ever took place, before the angel ever showed up to Mary to say that you will conceive a child even though you're a virgin, the prophet Isaiah said 700 years before, Isaiah 7:14. therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That means God with us. There was an expectation that the Messiah would come. And Mary is the virgin. Uh, she did not sleep. She did not have any relations with any other men. She did not sleep with Joseph. She was a virgin. Jesus Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 100% man, 100% God. Jesus is God. Jesus is human. But there's another prophecy that really uh, captures my attention during Christmas season, and that's Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 tells us a lot of things about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. It says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. There's several things about this passage that really stand out to me. One is that the Messiah will be a child. The Messiah will not be a man. Coming into this world as a full-grown man, the Messiah will be a child. In all of the services, I've gotten to see some of these beautiful new little babies that are in our church. And you need to know the Messiah came as a child. Jesus, from eternity past, eternally existing God took on flesh. Jesus did not begin at the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus has eternally existed, but he takes on flesh. And the prophet Isaiah says, for to us a child is born, a son. Jesus is that son. The prophecies are being fulfilled here in the life of Mary and Joseph in this historical event called the birth of Jesus Christ, pro real prophecies are being fulfilled in that first Christmas. And it says as well that the government shall be on his shoulders. That means he rules over the nations. And right now we live in a time in a world where kings rule over our nations and presidents rule over our nations. And dictators rule over our nations. King Jesus has not yet returned. In Christmas, we celebrate the first advent, the first coming, but you and me, we should be awaiting. There is a second coming, and this part of the prophecy has not yet been fulfilled. Many believe it could be in our day and time, but the government will be on his shoulders. He will rule over all the nations. Another point we see here is that he will have descriptive names. It gives us those names. And then let's look at verse 7. It says, Of the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and behold and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Two other things about the Messiah right there is that the Messiah will be seated on David's throne. Jesus is the rightful, uh, uh, he's in the ancestral line of King David. Even at the cross, the Romans acknowledged he was king of the Jews. They tacked that sign at the top of his 
cross. And then you see at the end of that verse right there, who's going to accomplish this? How will this Messiah, how will all this come to be when He'll rule over the nations and He will be seated on David's throne? Well, where is that David's throne? That's in Jerusalem. We await a day and a time when Jesus will rule the nations from Jerusalem. This is perhaps why Israel does play an important role in our understanding of how the history of the world, the past and the present and the future all play out. The Bible is a book about the future as well as it is the past. Many of us watch news and social media and we get incredible anxiety when we do that. But this is news, this is good news, that one day Jesus will reign over all the earth. That's why Jesus even prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. And that day has not yet come. There is a day, a new heaven, a new earth, that we should await and long for. King Jesus will return. That is what joy to the world is actually all about. It's about the return of Jesus Christ ruling over all the nations. This prophecy is still yet to come. This is why for me as a believer can rationalize and have discussions with unbelievers and they're frustrated about the, the violence, the crime, the killing, the hurt, the pain. I say to them, this world that we live in is not the way it'll always be. It will only get better God will return one day. He will restore all things. The, the life for the believer, there's incredible hope and optimism. King Jesus will return one day. And this will be accomplished by the zeal of the Lord. So let's review what we've learned so far. The historical account of the birth of Jesus Christ is about real people. It's about real places. It's about real prophecies. And it's also about some really, really good news. And who does that news come to? God chooses to send the angels to declare that good news to the shepherds. Let's watch. Thank you. 
But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. This one's good. Thank you. Thank you. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day. And a shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes. He will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Just because... Last Shabbat, the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel, and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. You brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless? Yes. These are for righteous men. For the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry. Very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this rat back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back. who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of you his oppressor, you want to listen? No, this is a holy place. Please, you are filthy. Go. For every boot of Get the out. warrior in battle tumult, 
and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Strengthen the weak hands. Excuse me, friend. Could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. At the other end of the square. Thank you, brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know, they say... Uh, Nothing good can come from... I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. <laughs> Thank you for the kindness. And my name is Simon. Out of my way. Uh, we must go. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. This way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, next time... I would wipe my hands with his robe. Oh. He would faint. <laughs> A Pharisee is so cheap. When he writes his will, he names himself as the heir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he still doesn't get no. much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Finally, he's back. Hello, Simon. <laughs> Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Uh, you want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so nothing is cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Yeah, then that is why your grandfather left. <laughs> They love you. They love you. Not part of this conversation. Again and again. They take whatever they want. Oh, I wish that woman would have left the well. Oh, she was. She was very, very beautiful. Very pretty. Very pretty. Mm. She was very beautiful. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. 
and do what happened this morning. You sleep with the sheep tonight. And pay attention this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee. He might come after you. Mm -hmm. A Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they've cooked it right in front of me. You're lucky. You're lucky you're not part of this conversation. But Romans, again and again. Expect them to pay. Good pay. They take whatever they want. Let's talk about something else.
behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. shall call his name Emmanuel. shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. 
to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? That's awesome. The birth of Jesus Christ is a historical event. It's about real people. It's about real places. It's about real prophecies. And it absolutely is about really good news. This is what the angel said in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. The angel declared to those shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Luke said, all the people. Some of you maybe could identify uh, as the story of the shepherds. You've been there before. You felt, or maybe you feel now, unwanted or unworthy. Incredibly distant from God, disconnected from the church or the religious community. And you're on the outside looking in so many times. And the good news, the real good news is for all people. It's for the ones that feel unworthy. It's for the ones that have messed up. It's for all the people. Amen? That is the good news. The good news is also for the religious people that act like their life is perfect, but really they're hypocrites. And they're pretending. There's a facade. And they're empty on the inside. There's actually good news for them too. I think in today's time, we put so much emphasis uh, on the academics and right now we live in a time and place in American history where people are so educated but they lack the simplicity of understanding truth. I think it's very possible for us to over intellectualize the birth of Jesus Christ and miss the truth. The Pharisees, those religious people, they were the smartest people around. And they missed it. They couldn't see the simple truth right there that the prophet Micah, whom they read from, the prophet Isaiah, whom they read from, Jesus is the fulfillment. They missed it. The good news is for all people, 
that in the city of David, a Savior would be born. That city of David is Bethlehem. Real people, real places, real prophecies, and really good news. Jesus is God. He eternally existed. At the birth of Jesus Christ, God took on flesh. That's what happened. Like a peasant walking out on the street, uh, you would see him very easily. But if a king walks into the street, you could notice him by his garments. Well, Jesus is the king from heaven. And what he did is he, in, his, in the birth of Jesus Christ, he put on peasant's clothes, if you will. He took on flesh, eternally existing, but put on flesh. And he came as a child. Jesus Christ is God. He eternally existed, taking on human flesh. It is called the incarnation at the birth of Jesus Christ. He lives a sinless life. He earns for us a righteousness. He fulfills the law perfectly. He died on the cross for our sins. He was raised on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of God. And the message is the same. There's good news for all people. The good news is that he made a sacrifice. He is that sacrificial lamb. He paid the penalty of our sins. And all of us have sinned, every single one of us. We sin every single day. There's not a day in our life. doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a priest or the Pope himself. Everybody sins. We sin in our thoughts. We sin with our actions. There's never a day that goes by that we don't sin. Even as Christians, we sin. But the good news is the Bible tells us that even while we sin and even while we were still sinners, Romans 5.8 says God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Every single one of you need love. The greatest love you'll ever find in life is not in a relationship with another person on this planet. It's Jesus Christ. The love that you long for, the peace that you long for, it's only found in Jesus Christ. Yet while you're still sinners, the Bible tells us that Christ died for us. His death served as that sacrifice, that payment for our offense. He was... He was, he is that sacrificial lamb. John the Baptist preached about it and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus, on the cross, took upon all the sins of the world and made available for you and I. He did it one time, that sacrifice, that perfect lamb, Jesus Christ, is that. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered once for sins one-time payment. The righteous for the unrighteous. He is the righteous. We are the unrighteous that he might bring us to God. Jesus wants to bring you to God the Father. This is good news for all the people. This is good news. Jesus is your Savior. He will save you from your sin. He will save you from Satan's hell. He will save you from the wrath of God. You will never face the fury of God. You only find the favor of God when Jesus Christ is your Lord. You only find his favor. Why? Because Jesus Christ has canceled your debts. He's forgiven you. And he's done more than that. He's credited your life with righteousness that you're in right standing he lived the perfect life earning a righteousness that doesn't belong to you it's from him 
He gives that to you and makes peace. And so the question comes, well, what must you do to have eternal life? What must you do to receive salvation? Because every religion in the world works towards that with steps or ideas of how to do that. This is what the Apostle Paul said. There's really nothing you can do. It's just a gift. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So how do you get saved? It's by grace and it's through faith. That's simply believing. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God. So when you open presents on Christmas, you see the gifts. And to receive the gift, kids, all you got to do is just open it. And that is the good news of Christmas in so many ways. You just open it. You receive it. You open your heart. Here's what John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are not a child of God unless you receive Jesus Christ as Lord. You're not a child of God unless you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. But there's an invitation for all people, every single person, whoever, but to all, not to some, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word that you give an invitation to all who believe, to all who receive, you make children of God. And Father, we see the birth of Jesus Christ, real people, real places, real prophecies, and really good news. We don't have to have our act together. You came for all people. And Father, for some here today, maybe they haven't been in a church in a very long time, felt, feel like that shepherd, unwanted, unworthy. But Lord, the truth is there's never been a day in their life, even if they've been unfaithful, they've never gone a day in their life being unloved. Every single one of us have never gone a day in our life unloved. And Father, my prayer is tonight is that we would love you. You're worthy of it. And so, Father, for those that do not know you, are not sure if they have eternal life and receive the good news, believe and receive Jesus as Lord, I pray they would pray, pray a simple prayer like this. If that's you, would you just quietly pray with me for a moment? Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge I have done wrong. And I'm asking you to save me. I believe in you, Jesus Christ, as Lord. Be the Lord of my life. Take control. Forgive me. I believe that your death on the cross forgives me. Thank you for that. And I confess you with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are Lord and I ask you to change me. And Father, for all of us, might we be renewed and refreshed by the good news of the gospel message and be encouraged, every man, woman, and child, and receive the good news and share good news with other people. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.
Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to support North Valley Church by partnering with us through giving, you can do so by visiting us online at northvalley.org. Thanks and have a great day.